morning or good day or good evening and to all of you in all the various places <clears throat> I see that people are still uh, arriving which is always uh, joyful to see <clears throat> and you might also see in a square very close to me John Eric and Jessica um, who are at Huyuhalana uh, they're just one mile down the road from me uh, here on Molokai so it's nice to see them in the pavilion there. Let's begin our sitting together. the most fundamental sense, we sit so simply, just with some upright steadiness as best you can, with attention to your body, your, your posture, your presence, your actual embodiment. allowing your your heart to open to this fullness of all of these wonderful people and all the situations in which we find ourselves Zen master Dogen once said allow your heart to go out and abide among things, allow things to return and abide in your heart. Just sitting together in front of a computer screen is so ordinary. 
And in some ways, because of the technology, it's also inconceivable. But it's always that way. As I prepare to sound the bell to end this brief period of sitting and before we invoke the verse of the robe, if your eyes are closed, open them so that as you hear the bell, you can also see your friends uh, bowing with you. And together we chant, vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. the last um, few weeks, there's been a little bit of a theme. Um, in some ways, I guess, in response to my own practice, uh, <laughs> you know that um, what you hear me talk about is always in some ways going to be a reflection of what's moving inside of me. Uh, and I, I hope to extend it in ways that invite you uh, to reflect deeply. Um, 
and hope that is resonant. And often I hear from you, in fact, sometimes in kind of extraordinary ways, <laughs> you'll say, did you design that just for me? And it's just a reflection of how connected we are, really, and how universal some of these things are. But as I spoke recently about uh, you know, leaving home and coming home, um, the idea of getting back to normal, and our current uh, questions about returning to the Zendo, returning to being together. Uh, I wanted to, to, to take this um, even more to, to a deeper level and also reflect on what it means to meet each moment and to meet each other. The essence of where Zen practice comes most alive in the forms that I spoke about last time in, in ritual and ceremony uh, are ways in which we come together to explore what it means to be alive in community and in our own bodies and with each other. And this, this format, inquiry, is one of the ways we've been able to, um, you know, continually meet each other through the kind of shifting sands of this past year, which things have changed so rapidly and so remarkably. And this is one of the ways in which we've had a, a somewhat regular um, way of connecting. <clears throat> and my recent emphasis, as you know, on immediacy in our, our meeting, and especially to not leave our bodies out, embodied immediacy is it's just been an invitation, really, to step more deeply into what we call our practice beyond simply um, managing or coping or self-improvement that we might engage in um, wonderful, supportive, or therapeutic relationships. But Because this kind of meeting, this kind of immediacy is at the heart of Zen practice and where our practice really blossoms. Otherwise, we can find ourselves uh, merely talking about things um, in ways that are possibly uh, very warm and connected. But we're not engaging what I spoke about uh, in the last week or two about the risk. If we're simply speaking about things, we don't take that risk of stepping through, or what Dogen called the backward step, into the uncharted territory of freedom. As I've, I've mentioned in, in recent reflections, uh, our practice isn't, you know, something intellectual or emotional. It's not esoteric. It's not, not based on some belief system. It's, as Peter Hershock calls it, liberating intimacy. Liberating intimacy. Which includes everything that it means to be a human. Intimacy can be liberating. And when we meet like this, we're joining together to take that risk to step into uncharted territory, hand in hand, heart to heart. So that's why I was mentioning our, our connectedness, because it's the way we enter this territory 
when we confront that um, that edge, which I spoke about recently as choosing the samsara we're familiar with over the nirvana that we don't don't trust. And the, and the usual Japanese terminology, which we don't use quite so much here, uh, there are two classical terms used for meeting with a teacher. Uh, one is a dokusan, and, um, which is usually translated as going alone to the teacher, or sanzen, which is like going to Zen. And um, we use, we use the, the term practice discussion uh, at Appamata uh, because it's not so, so foreign to describe this kind of intimate meeting. Um, you know, maybe the, the word discussion, part of the description can, to some people, I think, sound casual, but it's definitely not ordinary. And some of you may have also heard this. I was listening to a recent talk uh, by Norman Fisher on the Sandokai, which is um, a, a verse that we sometimes chant in traditional Soto Zen liturgy. Um, it has uh, part of this word, doko san, or san zen, or in this case, the san dokai. There's a word in there that's in all of these and it's the same san, it's the same character in Japanese. And the most direct meaning for this san is to visit yourself, to meet yourself. It's used in this context of meeting the practice and meeting the teacher, but, but that radical uh, or that Kanji means to, to visit yourself or to meet yourself. And isn't that a beautiful a reflection of what we're actually meeting, engaging, and inviting um, in inquiry? Now, there's a lot of different styles and various schools uh, of Zen. And even in, in uh, if, you, if you broaden it to just what for, for example, in, um, in, in Christian schools are often, often called spiritual direction, where um, there'll be um, someone who's engaged in some spiritual formation meeting someone who's assisting them or directing them. Um, so there, there are differences in different traditions, different schools, and teacher to teacher does it a little bit differently. Uh, when you sit with me, if you sit with Peg, you, you feel a little difference, although we're offering you exactly the same thing, just the way it comes through us. The common element, no matter what the form, is that this encounter is an invitation to, once again, step beyond what's conceivable. And our inquiry here is such an invitation and, and style of meeting. But because it's done in such an ordinary way, computers and Zoom and we have all these people, sometimes it's easy to miss. And any meeting, by its very nature, is a, is a collaboration. In this case, it's a collaboration in walking to the inconceivable. But we do it via the ordinary.
by ordinary things, we step beyond the ordinary. There's a really famous um, quotation that's attributed to Layman Pang, who was an old Chinese uh, character in, in Zen literature. And he was called a layman because he wasn't ordained, he wasn't a monk. And his whole family were amazingly awake people and their stories are kind of wild and interesting. But some of you have heard the capping um, phrase that comes with this quotation where Layman Pang says, my daily activities are not unusual. I'm just naturally in harmony with them. Grasping nothing, discarding nothing. In every place, there's no hindrance, no conflict. My supernatural power and marvelous activity, carrying water and chopping wood. So most of you have heard that last phrase. And he laughingly calls it, at least in this translation, my supernatural power and marvelous activity is ordinary stuff. He says, my daily activities are not unusual. Our daily activities are the usual things we do. Going to work and take care of kids and paying the bills and cooking and cleaning. And, and he says, I'm just naturally in harmony with them. It's the harmony, not the activities, that makes the difference. And then he says, grasping nothing, discarding nothing. Which everything's included. Um, like one of my teachers used to say, uh, expecting nothing, appreciating everything. And he says that in every place there's no hindrance, no conflict with this approach. Just carrying wood and chopping water. In other words, doing ordinary activities. This is a collaboration with the ultimate. This is a collaboration with the inconceivable. Now, typically, the kind of meetings that we have that are practice meetings have the simplest of forms. If we were doing it in a temple or monastery, the way that I certainly was trained, and I know Peg is trained, is you know, two people sitting on the floor, face to face, just a few inches apart, almost knee to knee, in a candlelit room usually uh, because we we meet often early in the morning and what we might not see in that small room on those two mats with a candle maybe incense burning in the background is that that small room is an immense unbound field containing the stars and earthworms and birds and poems and whole universes. We chant, vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction to open our meetings. That's uh, in some ways literal. This is the space in which we meet, no matter how it looks. The first time I had such a meeting with my teacher, Blanche Hartman, I was very, very new. I had no idea what was going on, but I wanted to meet her. I had been stunned by what I saw and heard in her and wanted to begin to form a relationship with her. So I found her attendant, who to ask, who would then relay the message that uh, I would like to see her during morning zazen. This is at City Center in San Francisco. 
And as I was sitting in the Zendo, someone came and tapped me on the shoulder and I followed them up to the second floor. It was a bit of a walk and she was there waiting for me in front of one of those small, vast rooms uh, with tatami mat floors and a low altar. And she was so uh, kind, some of you who have met her know, and she ushered me into the room uh, and she said, no, we're going to offer incense first. And she told me how to stand in front of the altar. And she lit the incense as if she was my attendant. And she and just told me in the simplest ways, like she was instructing a child, now hold your hands like this, and I'm going to offer it to you. And then you put it there, and we're going to bow together. And we took our seats. It was very sweet. <clears throat> I have no idea what we talked about. I have no memory of any of the content. What I remember is the embodiment. What I remember is the immediacy. I remember the ordinariness and the inconceivability of what was happening in that small room. <clears throat> Being um, a little bit of a romantic as I am, I guess, the next day I walked from city center down to Market Street to a flower vendor and bought the most beautiful flower I could find. In this case, it was a large kala lily. And uh, wrote a little haiku and tied it to, and left it on her, by her front door. This little table by her front door that people leave, uh, a senior teacher. The haiku said, floorboards creak underfoot in morning darkness. Cool breeze over the windowsill. Buddha Dharma flowers. But in this simple vastness, one of the other major historical figures in Chinese Zen, Lin Ji, said, when we sit like this, the true person doesn't actually have any rank. The true person of no rank means when we sit together like this in inquiry, in dokusan, whatever, in practice discussion, everyone and everything is perfectly equal if we're completely ourselves. And sometimes, and you know this, we don't even have stories often about what we're meeting for. When I came to, to Blanche after the first year or so, I said, if you were a psychotherapist, I'd know what to do with you. And not knowing what to do with her was the entry to a deeper practice. She said, that's what we discovered together. You know, the world that is supposed to conform to how you think it ought to be, and the one in which you hope to make a really good impression, are completely unreal worlds. Those worlds are false. But actually meeting and sitting together in the real where anything might be possible. That's our meeting. Whether it's in Dokusan or practice discussion or inquiry. Visiting ourselves. Meeting ourselves on both sides. I meet myself when I meet you. You meet yourself when you meet me. 
And authority doesn't lie in me or you. In the student or the teacher, it lies, the authority really lies in the timeless moment, not in people or ideals. What's most real, what's most true, right here and right now, when you meet yourself and when you visit yourself, what is it that's most true? This is what, this is what we're investigating. Because this is what we lose sight of day to day. You know, it's, it's of course true that the teacher in these roles that we play, the teacher invites the student into this field. Uh, just like Blanche did kindly and just like I do. It seems like an innocent invitation <laughs> until you arrive there sometimes. This, the teacher invites the student into the field, just like I do here every single week. And it's your response where the encounter begins. And every meeting is different. You've seen this. There's laughter, there's tears, there's sitting together in silence. There's sort of, uh, you know, banging around, uh, reading poetry, exploring koans, whatever. But more, most often, no matter what the look or shape or content, this is often the deepest, maybe the deepest kind of conversation that we ever have. And the feeling that arises in me most often and most naturally within this field is love. And sometimes nothing needs to be done. Everything is just, just as it is. And sometimes a question comes up. Though I'm sure you've experienced this. The question that made you raise your hand, by the time you click and you come forward, the question you thought you had right until we begin, like suddenly evaporates. It isn't there anymore. And it's disappeared because it was an idea that led you to the meeting. But suddenly it's actually no longer part of the immediacy of the encounter because the immediacy is what takes the foreground. I don't remember the question I asked Blanche. What I remember is the immediacy of the encounter. And that's the entry to practice. And this, this small letting go, like of your question, or what you thought you were going to talk about, and opening to the freshness of the moment is what freedom is about. This is where liberation begins to open up. You're liberated from the idea of yourself and what is going to happen. And you can take this fresh step into an encounter with what is with the inconceivable, which is always complete and always present and always with you. And as you do that, of course, you know, delusions will pop up, all kind of wild things. Everything that you think doesn't belong in practice and will not help, that's what will come up. And that's often what dissuades people. Because you see it happen in other people and it's like, not me, I'm not going to do that. But... I was reading a, a piece on Dokasan by Joan Sutherland, wonderful, wonderful teacher, and she said, to any delusion, we might apply the ancient miraculous solvent of inquiry. Of course, I love that sentence, you know. To any delusion, we might apply the ancient miraculous solvent of inquiry. One question makes it all fresh and limitless again. One real question, one true question. 
And as we've seen, you know, sorrow and great joy, the worst news, the best news, all of them are welcome. So the, the different sans, dukkasan, sanzen, meeting in this way in inquiry might it might be for some of us the first time we're able to meet the darkness of life and know for sure that it's a part of ourselves and everyone else. And whatever happens, my job is to rely on the vastness in a way that helps you come to rely on it too. rather than just your smaller self. And if I test you or nudge you, which I do at times, it's because it might be helpful to discover the edge maybe you didn't notice or an opportunity you didn't see. And visiting yourself is a way to notice where things are, are bright and where they're cloudy and to meet it all with curiosity and new possibilities. And if both people, whether it's uh, you know you or me, or in the porch sharing afterwards when you're when you're talking, if both people care more about exploring and discovering than being right, then finding a limit or a difficulty that you might bring forward then becomes really interesting and creative. Then making mistakes is quite helpful. The conversation is much richer when we don't shy away from our shared clumsiness and our mistakes, even our shame. You, you may not realize it, so I want to say this very bluntly. I take your awakening seriously. Even at times when you can't or won't. And you might feel at times that we recognize something very dear when we meet when we visit each other, when we come to see each other in this, this way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in doing so, then we're both reminded of our true nature, both of us. And this is the way we understand encouragement in Zen. And sometimes it comes like a warm spring rain and sometimes like a sword. There's an old story, a new teacher comes to an older experienced teacher and says, what do you think teaching really is? I, I found this interesting, of course. And um, older teacher says, well, it's 50% encouragement. And the younger person says, well, what's the other 50%? And he says, encouragement. <laughs> but it doesn't always look like that or feel like that. Intimate encounter is so central to Zen practice. This is a uh, And it's, it's central in the literature, too, of the koans. Because the core insight is that awakening happens in relationship. And these old stories, someone might speak in such a way that things suddenly look differently and sound fresh. This is what's possible. You suddenly see peach blossoms on the mountain path, you know, like in these old stories that you'd never noticed before. Or you just find yourself living more fully within the moment. And you take care of the simplest things, like Layman Pang spoke about. Also, the person in front of you might become more vividly real. 
and remind you of who you really are. And it's the same way in our everyday lives. And if you practice steadily and with some commitment and um, some determination over time, all of this is just likely to arise while you're watching Netflix or taking care of your kid. What calls us to all of this, lastly, is also without rank, like I talked about earlier. What matters is that it calls and that you respond. This is Suzuki Roshi's, what is your inmost request? And this is another important understanding. All of life is the field of practice and nothing needs to be left out. This is in the practice of purification. And what is truly human is recognizable to us all, no matter what the storyline looks like. So Dokusan practice discussion inquiry is a call and response. It's about joining in, speaking up, finding your place in this vivid world. It's really, in some ways, sacred play. And it can be entered into in every moment of life. In an ancient text we sometimes chant in the Soto liturgy, it says, inquiry and response come up together. As one person put it one time, inquiry in the encounter then goes along with me. And it pops up to remind me that I do this work everywhere. And I have friends and support everywhere. This is actually the play of the whole universe. So that's quite a bit for the morning here. Maybe you'll take the risk of raising your hand and seeing what our encounter brings us, shows us, reveals to us, how it encourages us. And I'm unmuted, it seems. Yes. Yes, here I am, the very first uh, person up here. And I'll just get the little band of um, video screens out of the way. There we are. Yeah. You called me <laughs> forward a few weeks ago. Yes. And uh, although to some extent I felt able to speak uh, from present moment experience, I, I realized afterwards how much I was in manager land. Um, uh, I think partly because it was unexpected. Well, for who knows for whatever reason. So as you were talking, I realized I really want to, wanted to come forward and practice this again. Yes. Yeah. And what's here now? What's here now? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you started with, uh, actually, in, in some ways, our confession chant. I now fully avow, this is who I was. And this is yes. Who yes, yes. Now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's here now? Uh, some, somebody, um, sort of arousal, but not nearly as much sense of, of uh, freezing as, as, as last time I was here. More freedom. More freedom, for sure. And 
I, I know perfectly well that in, in many contexts, I can respond freely and in the moment. And so part of my curiosity is why this context has, over all the years, felt um, so, I don't know what word to use to end, end the sentence, but difficult for want of a better word. Right, right. And, you know, you've done a massive amount of training in psychotherapy and mindfulness. And so to answer that why question, you probably have some good ideas and we could explore that. Mm. And that would be worthwhile. But in the immediacy of this moment, you're not frozen. You're not. That's back. right. You are free right this minute. And it's important to savor that and feel the reality of that and the fullness and the completeness of it. And just one moment when you are not caught in that, you are free. Yes, yes. And that's and why I, I appreciate I love Stephen Batchelor speaking about um, the third noble truth and nirvana as we experience nirvanic moments. Yes. When we're free of conditioning, we're free of our reactivity. Yes. And to learn, of, that's, the, that's the risk of stepping into that freedom and then finding out about that territory. We can't look back and say, why do I not step through? That's useful. This is a different practice. Yes. Step through and exploring this uncharted territory of in front of all these people against all odds in history, because I know you well, here's John Copeman stepping up number one. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. It's amazing because I know you so well and you're so dear mm. to me and I know what struggles you've had and to see you with this kind of freedom is beautiful. And practicing this freedom is what helps us remain free. Mm. to practice it, to, to step into it, to embody it, to enjoy it, to let, let you know it's nothing bad is happening. Yes, I think that's, that's, um, that's what parts of me um, say in my ear that mm -hmm. uh, something bad might happen. Yeah, Shame, yeah. probably. Sure, and those are the old pieces that For we sure. We can we drag through the door with us as even as we step into the new territory. That's true, but they begin to soften or fall away, or they become less worrisome. Um, they're not exiled. We just yeah. make the, we make the turn of compassion toward them hmm. and bring bring them with us, so they're transformed in that new space. That's possible. Is there more? Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. No, yes, no. <laughs> write this minute. No, wor no write words this, in my mind. I'm okay. sorry. Write this minute. Would you like to bow? I would. I will bow. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, John. It's a beautiful beginning. Thank you so much. Jessica next. Mm -hmm. There you are. 
Hi. Hello. Well, first of all, I just wanted to share the, the miracle and the beauty of this place with everyone. Uh, just to send uh, aloha out to everyone across internationally mm -hmm. and, and especially thank Maria for jumping in so quickly this morning. Um, and just to say thank you, Flint, because uh, I can still feel the tenderness when you said, um, I care about your awakening seriously. Really, really opened my heart. Um, and I, uh, when we're speaking of call and response, I know that you take mine seriously, or you wouldn't keep showing up and supporting inquiry. John Eric wouldn't keep showing up and supporting Akamada in the way he has in so many ways. And, uh, and we wouldn't keep, you wouldn't have shown up here in Hawaii. It's because we take our lives and these uh, rhythms of our lives so seriously that we continue to, uh, to play together, dance together, practice together, live together, and ultimately die together. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, <clears throat> only have a minute here before my uh, classes start, but I just wanted to share with you how uh, deeply moved I've been the last few inquiries. And um, what it means to me for your voice to quake. Mm. Or when you're... You, I'm noticing something different in you mm. or, or something, a deeper sharing um, that is uh, definitely riveting to me. Ah. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, of our, one of our other folks on inquiry, um, our, our friend from the, the Northeast, Christiana the other day said, she said, I don't know what word I would use, maybe a quickening that's happening in you. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that in you also. Um, and the way that you spoke about returning to the Zendo was, uh, was also uh, a different way that, uh, a different way for me to hold that. Um, you know, when, when we first started and, you know, when the Zen Center on Washington uh, Square, I uh, would go and sit outside because my conditioning wouldn't let me cross the threshold. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, I, uh, I've, um, you know, all the work that we've done and I've also recently been reading this uh, Oprah Winfrey book, What Happened to You? Mm -hmm. and the way that they talk about those mm -hmm. things and i'm just like oh that's exactly what was happening to me as i approached this you know the thing that i wanted so much was also the place that i had experienced my abuse right. and um so um you know your your last inquiry you know really let me frame that in a different way and good. i feel something changing in me through that good good so we find our 
over time, <clears throat> over so many years like this, our lives, we find ourselves committed to each other. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thank you for that. Yeah, with the deep honor and respect for all of us blended here together. Absolutely. Um, and I have to, unfortunately, go and meet with little ones. Go teach. <laughs> About transforming shapes. Well, you're going to do claymation. Huh? That's right. That's right. May all of our cells exactly work easily. Right. Uh, bye bye, Kat. Bye. I don't know how I did that, but I unmuted. I think you were assisted. <laughs> okay. That's okay. great. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, <laughs> I'm practicing. <laughs> Yes. That's all I'm doing is practicing coming forward. <laughs> yeah, taking that step is no small journey, is it? Um, well, it certainly hasn't been. It certainly hasn't been for me. Um, what oh, I feel that I've literally lately been caught in the self-centered dream. Mm -hmm. I certainly. I certainly do know what that means. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm experiencing. What is your experience right now in stepping into this? Mm. What's here now with you and me just taking this step? Delight. Delight. I am so happy to be with you. Great. So there's more space. Yes, yes. That's and what practice offers us. I can tell you that is not what I expected to say. That's right. <laughs> right. And it's not being caught in the self-centered dream. Right, right. So that's freedom. Right. Right here, right now, in the most simple, ordinary way, there's that exhalation, that let go, mm -hmm. a little more in your body. What if it's, it's so simple? <laughs> See, now here we are together saying the same things. Yes, yes. And we complicate it immensely. Yes, 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 yes. And it isn't just a matter of um, feeling a good, because sometimes it doesn't feel like delight, but it does feel f fresh and free and real and immediate mm -hmm. and, yes. and simple. simple. And this time, uh, blessedly, it felt like delight <laughs> and unexpected because it's not what you anticipated no. meeting as you step beyond the self-centered dream into the inconceivable, into what I call the uncharted territory. But it, but without the step, you don't get to know that. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the, that's the usual one of the most common ways of realizing those nirvanic moments. Who knew? <laughs> like that. Because it isn't about knowing. Okay. Thank you, Judith. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. I kept putting the thumbs up. The thumbs up. <laughs> sorry. I'm glad to get a thumbs up. That's good. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I didn't really have anything to say. I just wanted to say hello. It's so good to see you. Yeah, it's really nice to see you. I feel some sadness that I haven't um, had this weekly meeting with you as a practice through lockdown. I, I just, I don't know how I missed it, but mm -hmm. I'm feeling some regret that this hasn't been available to me because I think it would have been really beneficial for me. Yeah, so the regret uh, is a, an, an edge that says you care about this. I really, really care. Yeah. And it, coming back feels like a kind of coming home in a way. Yes. Uh, and it's mixed in with the sadness that I, I didn't have it when I perhaps would have really appreciated right. the thread of continuity in my life. Yeah, and like I was saying, uh, I think to John, uh, as you walk into this territory and step through with me, then bring the regret with you because it requires care in this spacious place. Yeah. <sighs> and there's you know, a touch of um, feeling like I want to please you. Like I wish I had been, it's like, I always feel like this with you, kind of like I wish I'd been the perfect Zen student that, that really impressed you and was like the star in, you know, in all the stars that the one that you think has promise or something like that, you know, I'm kind of left with some idea about teacher and student that I wish I had with you, but I never feel like I can, if you know what I mean, or yeah. I'm not good or I'm not devoted enough or something. Yeah, those, those unreal ideas that I was talking about, you are lastingly imprinted in me. Aside from good, bad, right, wrong, star, dark, our time in the Hakomi trainings and the practice times we spent together, you were indelibly imprinted in me. And, and you it, sounds, it sounds like I might be in you from what you're saying. The first, I know I've said this to you before, I believe I have, that I certainly told a lot of people, but the first moment that I looked in your eyes and the first meeting that we had, the first retreat that I went to, um, I saw all of life looking back at me. Mm -hmm. And I, like a part of me was like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> but a lot of me didn't know what it was. And um, I, still, I guess I still don't. Well, this is the, the sun. This is the meeting yourself, visiting yourself. And when I said earlier about that I trust the inconceivable, the spacious fullness of and then my job is to help you trust it too, to rely on it too. And so if you saw that, I'm, I'm doing my job. It still doesn't, it, I'm meeting myself, it still doesn't feel like me. It still feels more like you. <laughs> that gets a little bit um, confusing over time. But more and more as we meet, you'll realize there's no, no difference. Because what you were seeing looked like me. You didn't realize you were looking in a mirror. No, it felt so the opposite of me. And yet there was something familiar about it. That's right. And the familiarity is because it's you're you're recognizing it. And that recognition unfolds over time with practice. That's good to hear. I'm really grateful. I think I just needed to be encouraged that that That's the encouragement that we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for stepping forward and allowing the encouragement. Thank you so much. It's a delight to see you. Mm -hmm. Looks like Stephanie.
I always love seeing your um, the the posts on the uh, on the on the uh, the walk. You know, the compass level. I love seeing that picture. Uh, yeah, I hope to go back next summer okay. and do a little more walking. Yeah. So um, several things have been coming up as I listen. Uh, first of all, I'm really glad Naomi talked about her um, unrealistic desire for the way she wanted you to see her because I thought oh my god <laughs> me me that's how <laughs> I want you to see me too and uh, and I know that's in that way um, you know I'm never going to be an academic I'm never going to know the facets of Buddhism that so many people know I just have no interest in it but I love to sit I love to sit and your encouragement and Peg's encouragement to do just that, to just sit, has been so helpful to me to let go of that other stuff and just. So the two things I wanted to kind of bring up um, is now that the Zendo is partially open, um, there's been some concern about how we continue with the cloud Zendo and how we mesh that. And, and I, I realized that I may have said some things um, in an email that may have hurt people as far as, oh, they just are, you know, thinking about only the, the Zendo and don't care about us in the cloud anymore. And I thought when I was watching the people here, the gallery, the faces that have become so, so dear to me yes. that I could not have gotten through the pandemic without these faces looking back at me and how much they mean to me. And so I guess what I want to say is please don't go away. Please don't think that you're not wanted. Please don't think that you are less than just because you're in the cloud and not sitting on the floor next to me. Um, that's really important to me that people know that. Um, it has so enriched my practice, so enriched it. This is, as I talked about sitting in Dukasan knee to knee, a, a person of no rank. There's also no rank here. Right, right. It is just as talking to someone that is six, nine, 10 hours away is just as real as speaking to someone sitting next to you in this endo. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I wanted to say that how much I appreciate the cloud and how much I appreciate our Apamata Sangha from all over the world. They matter to me. And thank you for saying so wholeheartedly and so fully this thing about yeah. actually you got me through these faces. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it same, is. I am here. It is. So thank you. Thank you. We'll sort it out some way. We will. We will. From, from my side, for the last 10 to 15 years, I've been going to Madison, to England, to Minneapolis, to here and there, right. to Switzerland. And I've seen all these people and they've been dear to me, but they're like in different rooms. And suddenly they're right. all in one room. Yes. And now we get to be in that room also. You get to have a relationship yeah. with these people. I can yes. tell you how many times yeah. I've, you know, sat with with John Copeman or, or Naomi or you know someplace else, and now they're your friend too. You know, it's amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. 
Very true. Thank you. That's been an integrating thing for me. Yeah, it has been. That's a good word. It has been very integrating for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and I appreciate it. So thank thank you. And thank you for all that you do for our Sangha too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're approaching just the last few moments of our our time together. so um, maybe we'll complete and do our our final uh, chant. Like any of them, isn't a um, it isn't just a, a formality. Let it let it resonate. Let it be another call and response. Use your voice to ask me to not be caught in my self-centered dream. I'll use my voice. You hear it, so you're not caught in yours. Let's enter each moment, this moment, right now, as a way to enter the teacher of no rank so that we can bring everything through the gate of awakening with compassion, every part of us and all of us, no one left behind. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher being just this moment, compassion's way, caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream, each moment, life as it is, the only teacher being just this moment, compassion's way, caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream each moment life as it is the only teacher being just this moment compassion's way thank you so so much everyone i love seeing your faces and maria thank you so much flint Appamada's programs and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support makes a huge difference. And there is a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. And this link will give you an opportunity to offer Dana to teachers such as Flint, Peg and other teachers, and also an opportunity to contribute towards other events such as classes and practice discussions. Thank you so much, everybody. And now we move on to the next part of our evening where we continue to meet and share right here on the virtual porch with myself and others. So please stay if you can and take a couple of minutes break if if you wish and uh, I'll meet you right back here. Thank you so much, everybody.